because it had been written um, in a hurry a long time before. But as I've been moving this week, I've been moving my office from to the new offices on the other side, which are beautiful. Um, and when I've been moving, I found a bunch of old journals. And, and in those journals, I, I found things that, you know, goals that I made, New Year's resolutions that I'd made, things that I thought were really important. Um, I also found some old, some old things that people gave me when I left certain places. Um, I remember when I left Bryan College, all the students put together this packet and I looked through it and gosh, some of the names I didn't even remember. Um, but they said such kind things and some of them didn't take play. They, they talked about what I would become or what they thought I might become and many of those things weren't true. Some of them were. Then, then I found something when the, I left RTS and I found something from the students there that they'd written and 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 I, and I became very aware that I'm not really good at knowing what's important and what's is, what isn't important when I look forward in my life. You know, we understand, we live life forward, but we understand life looking back. And, and, it, and there's a way in which you can't really connect the dots going forward. You only connect the dots when you look back and you see God's faithfulness and you see what's taken place. So... As we begin a new year together, I'm just aware of the fact that I tend to focus on, I, I miss the important moments. I don't know if you've been watching all the sports that's been going on, but I love, I love coach speak. You know, coach speak is stuff that, you know, that coaches say that, that no one really knows what it means, but it's kind of just, you know, kind of good to hear. And, and one of the things I've heard over and over is, I, I hope he doesn't think that he's too big for the moment or the moment's too big for him, or and I'm thinking, no one will remember these games five years from now, 10 years from now. I don't even know that I remember some of the scores of some of the earlier bowl games this year already. And yet, when, the, when you'd heard the, hear the coaches talking about it, they would tell you about how important it was, and how, I hope they not lost to the bigness of the moment. I remember I, I, coached, high, I coached high school basketball a million years ago, and um, and I remember we were playing Austin East High School in a, in a tournament. And I got all, the, all my players together. And I don't ever put a psychologist in charge of high school age you know, students. And, and so I, I got them together and I thought, I need, to, I need to let them know this is a big deal. And so I had them come early to Holston High School. It's no longer high school now, but uh, I, I had them come early that day. And, and, and got them biscuits and basketball and, and gave them breakfast. I'm not sure that a sports psychologist or a sports nutritionist would have given biscuits to people before they, before they, before they play, but that, that's beside the point. I had, I had much to learn about nutrition. And so, and I got the students and we, we got over to the game early and I got them in the locker room and, and you know, if they, anybody said anything, I said, shh, just think about the game. Think about the game. Just think about how important it is. And then I said something really stupid, like, we're going to live within when we're without. And they just looked at me like, what is this man talking about? And I said, we're going to visualize the game for the next 30 minutes to get ready to play the game. And so these, these poor kids, they just, they, they would have done anything I asked them to do. And they sat there and they shut their eyes. And I said, all right, you dribble the ball once. Feel the ball in your hands. Dribble the second time, hear the ball, boom, 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 boom. Now take a deep breath, 
look at the basket, now shoot. Listen to it go through. And then these poor kids are going, you can see them. They were, they were just, they were just so, and, and by, so the, I went through all the, I went through possibilities of the game and who they were guarding. And I went through this, this whole deal. And then it was time for the game to start. And so it's, if, you, if you know anything about basketball in that age group, you, there's, a, there's a time where about 20 minutes before the game, you get to go up and they, they get to warm up and, and they, usually do, they usually just do layups at first. And so they, they go out and they are so, I mean, they were just, I mean, it had been six and a half hours of, this is the most important moment of your life and we're going to leave it all on the floor. And, uh, and we get up there and I, and they start warming up, and I and I realize they are so wound up. I mean, they're trying to shoot, they're they're trying to do layups, and the ball's just crimming off this other thing, and they're just they're just like. And you can play defense if you're all tightened up, but you can't play offense that way. And they did not play offense. And so the, for the when the game started, we went for about six minutes without scoring at all. I mean, but and every time they shot, it would just be like a rocket going up to the thing, and it was, and it was a it's just a classic moment of misunderstanding what's important compared to what's crucial. Thinking about what is before you immediately and missing what possibly is eternal. Now, what does that have to do with us this morning as we, as we have the privilege, the, the, the true privilege of stepping into a new year? that God has given you the beginning of another year of life. As you step into that year, what, how do we figure out what's important and what's not important? Because I think from the vantage point of eternity, this is an epic time. I think in the, in the story of redemptive history that began in Eden and will end one day at a wedding feast, that this is, the, this is a, a moment that is, well, if this were a novel, if this were a movie, this would be after, uh, after the hero has shown up and, and the battle is raging and you're not sure who's going to win or who's going to lose and it's toward the end of the battle and you're wondering, how is this all going to end? Well, I would suggest to you that that's where we are in human history. The hero shown up, that was Jesus. We celebrated that last week. We celebrated Christmas. Christmas is the, is the celebration of the fact that God showed up and the incarnated God shows up in the person of Jesus and he showed up. So the hero has arrived on the scene. And then because of the work on the cross, he, that allows you and I to be a part of this epic battle against evil, this epic battle that moves the whole arc of history toward redemption. And the battle has been raging now. And it seems like when you see what's taking place in our world and what else happened, maybe it'll be a long time before he returns, but at least we know that today is one day closer than it was yesterday. And it seems like, it seems like we're winding to the place, that, that epic place in the story where well, well, the battle is going to be coming to an end. And that's where I think we find ourselves in the history 
Now, whenever we're faced with an epic, important place, a new beginning that's above us, that's more than we can handle, what we do is we tend to, we tend to think small. We tend to be afraid. Well, I'm going to look at a story with you this morning that I think might help us as we step into this year. And there's a lot that I look into this year that I'm a little afraid of, a little nervous about. I don't know if I have what it takes to pull that off. I mean, gosh, I remember when I first had children, I thought that. First got married, I thought, wow, I'm way above my pay grade here. And when I, and even just thinking about the new counseling center here, I, there's a part of me that goes, wow, do I have what it takes to do what's next? Do you ever feel that way as you look at the, the landscape of your future? Well, the story of Joshua is a beautiful and amazing story. And it's a story of the person who replaces Moses. And so we're gonna look at that story together and see what we can learn from what God tells, tells Joshua about the next steps in his life. And we're gonna look at that together, but before we look at his word, and before we talk about him, let's talk to him, let's pray together. Father, at the cusp of a new year, you know every person in this room. You know the people that are terrified. Oh, you know the people that have become numb, don't even feel or dream anymore. You know the cynical, the broken, the uninterested. Father, you know us all. And so would you meet us here this morning at the beginning of this year and would you remind us of your great, great purposes? Would you remind us that our days are not merely days that pass? but there are moments that echo into eternity that have been drawn out and, and counted out by you. Would you give us the sense of awe and wonder that comes with knowing that you've counted out our days and you've equipped us for a time as this? Father, forgive us. Have us be more Help us be more upset about our selfishness than our inconvenience. Help us be more upset about our apathy than our unhappiness. And Father, for the people in this room that are too comfortable, would you use our time together to disrupt them? For the people that are disrupted, would you use this time to comfort? And for all of us, would you use it to equip us for your great purposes in this year to come? We pray in the powerful name of Jesus, amen. Beginning of the book of Joshua. We're gonna look at the first few verses together. We're gonna focus most of our, uh, most of our time on, the, on verse nine. You'll see in the, in the text that three times Joshua is told to be strong and courageous. We're gonna look at each of those times in just a few moments, but before we do that, let's read that entire text. Would, would you, if you can, uh, if you'd stand while we read the word of God? I'm going to read for you out of the ESV, Joshua 1, 
1 through 9. Hear the word of God. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over to the Jordan, you and all the people into the land that I'm given to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses from the wilderness to, to, from, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the, great, as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all of the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Listen to this. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous, being careful to do all that's according to in the law of Moses, my servant commanded you. Do not turn to the left or to the right that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do all that's according to it and written within it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success as I have commanded you. Verse nine, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. May God bless the reading of his holy word. You may be seated. Sometimes I want to pick smaller things to be encouraged, to, to deal with in my life instead of the big possibilities that God might have for us in our lives. Because a lot of times we feel like we're disqualified to do things that matter. Some people might say, um, I'm not qualified for anything wonderful because of my background. I mean, I, I don't have the background of somebody with a, a great theological degree, or I don't have the background. I, you don't know where I come from. If you knew my history, if you knew what I've done in my life, if you've known my, my mistakes, or if you just knew the family I came from, I'm disqualified. See, in this story, we hear God tell Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. And so we can back up from that and say, if you have to tell somebody something three times, it must have been a problem for him. And I would suggest one of the things that might have made him afraid is he started out as a slave. He started out as a slave. His, his background, his pedigree, you know, what is a slave doing leading a nation? Another reason some people don't think they're qualified is they look back on their places where they haven't been successful or where people haven't followed them or when they tried, it just didn't work. I'm not gonna try that again. How many of us, and I put myself in the front of this pack, how many of us quit trying because we get cynical and we don't dream anymore and think about what God might do? Oh, forgive us of that. But what is, don't, don't you remember when Joshua, even though, um, remember when Joshua was part of the spies and they sent 12 spies? This is at the beginning of the time of the children of Israel and the, 
in the desert. They were, they were supposed to go to the promised land that God promised them that they would go to. And Moses sends 12 spies to go and take a look at this land, remember? And they, the, the spies looked at this land and yes, it was wonderful. It was full of milk and honey. It was a beautiful place. It was wonderful. They came back and gave that sort of report. But then they said, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. They said, we can't take this land. They're bigger than us. They, they're, they're not, we can't take this land. But there were only two spies of the 12 that said they would, that they would take the land or that they should trust God. And one of them was Joshua. Caleb was the other. But when they came back, they didn't listen to Joshua who was right, who said, Let's be, God will be faithful. We'll get that land. They didn't listen to him. So as he's, as he's now getting ready to lead the same people that 39 years earlier, he said, this is what we should do. And they said, I don't think we're gonna do that. There's that second question. I, I'm not really, not only does my background mean that I'm, I'm not qualified, um, it hasn't worked in the past. When I've tried in the past, it just hasn't worked out the way I wanted. When I've tried to lead, or I've tried that before, it just hasn't worked out the way I hoped. And so I'm gonna just take a pass. Third thing that might've made Joshua a little scared, even though we know in Numbers 27, he was, he was ordained for this position, um, he had big shoes to fit, fill. I mean, he was following Moses. I mean, you know, they always say you don't want to be, like I didn't want to follow Seth and the children here today. I thought, my, my goodness, um, how am I going to beat monsters and flashlights and Jesus taking care of us when we're afraid? I mean, I wanted to just get up and say, go on home, listen to that. Jesus is good. Happy New Year. Because you don't want to follow that. Well, how would you like to be the leader after Moses? Yeah, he's the one that took on Pharaoh. Wasn't it Moses who took us through the Red Sea? Now, of course, it was God. But Moses was seen as the one who was used by God in that moment. Well, hadn't it Moses that had been leading us through all this time? And now I'm supposed to kind of replace Moses? Not only did he have a background that made him feel like maybe I, maybe I don't belong here. I started out as a slave. Not only did he have some experience of people not following him, he had huge shoes to fill. Who am I to do this task? And last, I would suggest a reason he was afraid was because he was given an epic, amazing um, task. He was to lead all those people. Some theologians suggest two million people to the promised land that they had, that they had been afraid to go into. A task that God promised he would take care of, but up until that point, they hadn't. And so now you have Joshua, wrong background, past failures, Shoes too big, task too big. Your mic. 
Is it on now? <laughs> Meanwhile, back in Joshua, um, I won't put my hand back in my pocket and turn off the microphone anymore, I, I promise. So, uh, so you have this, this incredible moment where God's calling him to live beyond himself. Do you ever struggle with the thought that you just live small? Or maybe you don't just live small, but you live for small things like your finances or your health. You know, out of the 10 most common uh, New Year's resolutions, most of them are about losing weight, getting more exercise, financially saving more or, or doing things financially. They, they don't get to spiritual things or things that really matter. They're usually about pretty selfish things. And so here we are before a great task before us this year. It's an epic time in the history, the redemptive history of the world. And God has called you his children, just like he's called Joshua and he's, 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 made, he's um, in, endorsed him for this moment. He has, God has called you and endorsed you for this moment. And and what does God want to say to Joshua that maybe we can listen in on and maybe will help us too as we step into the new year? Notice that each time he says, be strong and courageous, there's, a, there's something right after it. And it's a different thing each time. And I would suggest that if we look at those three times, he says, be strong and courageous, and then look at what's after that, that might give us a, a theme or a way, a way to understand how we walk into those places that scare us so. First, after he tells Joshua what he's going to do, after he gives this incredible promise of, this is your big task ahead for you. I mean, you, you realize you're an eternal being. You're an eternal being. You, your soul will last forever. You have eternal purposes of God. And he calls you his sons and daughters. He calls us by a name, we're his children. And therefore, we have a pretty significant task ahead of us. And that's how this begins. As Joshua tells, is told the promises of God, of giving him the land, tells him that we're gonna go into the, you're gonna take your people into the promised land. And then it says, verse six, be strong and courageous. He must not be feeling very strong and courageous. So what does God remind him of first? For you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. The first thing that Joshua is told after he's told to be strong and courageous is that he can trust a sovereign God who will do what he says he's gonna do. There's a, there's a point to the sovereignty of God. My, my wife and I were talking about something the other day that we were worried about or I was worried about and Mona was trying to help me get better. And she said, at some point, you either need to believe God's in control or he isn't. I think I, I said, oh, okay, let's talk about something else now. <laughs> but the first thing that, is, that, that Joshua is told after the first admonition, be strong and courageous. And by the way, courage is not, courage is not pretending Courage is not acting like things aren't hard. Courage is accepting something's hard 
and even maybe tasting the fear of that and doing what is right anyway. That's real courage. Somebody who doesn't feel the weight of the moment that's been given to them by God, that's not, that's not courage, that's foolishness. If you stand before your new baby and don't have some sense of fear, that's not courage, that's, that's foolishness. If you, if you don't think about the fact that your life matters in an eternal way, that's not courage, that's foolishness. So courage is not pretending that you're not nervous or upset or afraid even. Courage is fully tasting the weight of what is before you and what's been offered to you. Fully even feeling the fear of it and then choosing to do what is right instead of what is easy. Choosing to do what is biblical and God-honoring instead of what is comfortable and easy. So the first thing that, you're, that Joshua was told after his first admonition, be strong and courageous. Christ's covenant this year, be strong and courageous. And if that, always remember he's in charge and he's sovereign and he will do what he said. That God can be counted on to do what he said. God can be counted on to do what he said. That's, that's the first thing Joshua was told after he's been told, be strong and courageous. God can be counted on to do what he said. Second time, he says again, verse seven, only be strong and very courageous. He, he ups the ante there just a little bit. There's an emphasis in Hebrew, the very courageous. And then this is a little bit of a long section. I'll give you a summary and then we'll read it together. It's talking about the importance of the word of God. It's talking about the importance of, of having God's truth and understanding in you as you go into this situation. It's, it's the idea of, of making sure you know where you're getting your information. Make sure you know where you're getting your marching orders. Make sure you know what matters and that you're getting that from the word of God. Look at what it says. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do all this according to the law of Moses, my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, for you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all that's according that's, in, that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not? So at that moment, the second thing you notice is after be strong and courageous the first time, be strong and very courageous. I'm going to remember from the first one that God is sovereign and he'll do what he said. And the second thing I'm supposed to remember is that my, my standard for truth, where I get my information for life, where I get my information to, to, to understand what matters, because sometimes our problem is that we don't know what matters the most anymore. We, we, we've lost a sense of what really is important and what isn't important. We've lost a sense of what matters. We've, 
we think the big moments are big moments and they're really small moments. And the small moments that we don't care about, those are the big moments. We, we've missed the point. And, and God's telling Joshua in this task that is ahead for you, this huge, enormous task that will echo into eternity, you must have the word of God as your standard. And so the admonition to you and I today is to be strong and courageous because God is sovereign. To be strong and courageous because his word of God, the word of God is true and real and get it into your soul and into your mind for it will, oh, and, and even listen to the language that he uses. We could do sermons on this, on, on each of these phrases. Don't let it go to the left or the right. Meditate on it day and night. That's, that's serious. That's taking the Bible seriously. Oh, and so often I look on my Bible and there's dust on the cover. And there's not dust on it if, if you're looking at it night and day, if you're letting it be your standard. Am I looking more often at my, my bank balance than, than, than the word of God? Am I more concerned about the news of the day that will be forgotten and and, and watching the, 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 the news than I am the word of God? Am I more concerned about how the ball games are going than the word of God? No, there's nothing wrong. No ball games and listen to the news and, and, and that's, that's all fine. But do you see the supremacy of, of God saying to Joshua, if you're gonna do this epic text before you that I've given you, you've got to know that I am a sovereign God who's capable and will do what I say. And you've got to have your life rooted and understood and defined by the very essence of my word. You need to be curious and be a student oh, and a follower of my word. Thirdly, he says in verse nine, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Then he adds then he adds a phrase he's not used before and says, don't, don't be frightened. Do not, do not be dismayed. Some of your translations for don't be frightened will be don't be anxious. Some will say, will say don't tremble because the word, the, 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 the actual word there would mean, has to do with the idea of trembling, of, of being, being terrified. Don't be, don't be terrified. Don't be afraid of the big task because I'm big. Don't be afraid that you won't know what to do because you have my word. Don't be frightened or discouraged. Those are, think of those two phrases. Think of those ideas. Don't be frightened. What are you afraid of? Don't be discouraged. I get discouraged. I find myself, that's when I, I can always tell I'm, I'm discouraged when my cynicism starts to, starts to get bigger. Do, do you know your marker for when you're starting to get discouraged? It might be different for you. It might be that you spend a little more time on, on Facebook or video games or, or food something to just distract us. So much of my life 
is about escape and distraction. No wonder I'm sometimes afraid and discouraged when God is inviting us to something so much different, so much more hopeful. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. And we're almost finished. I, I know it's, it's, just stay with me for just a minute. And then here's that final promise. He says, don't be afraid. I mean, be strong and courageous. God is sovereign. Be strong and courageous. You have the word of God. Be strong and courageous. For I am with you always. You're not alone. You'd be afraid and discouraged if you were alone in this. You would be afraid and, and, and discouraged if, if it was just up to you to be a better Christian. It was just up to you to make it all work because you're going to try harder. It's just up to you but to, so you can pretend more. No. What does he say? He says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Christ's covenant. The Lord, your God. The Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go this year. No matter what happens to the economy. No matter what happens to our culture. No matter what happens to... To the, to the politics, no matter what happens to the Vols. He is with you. If you know Jesus Christ, if you've been called, if you're his sons and daughters, he is with you right now. Paul was so enamored by the idea that Christ is in us. And he is with you wherever you go. But I'm afraid he is with you wherever you go. But I, I don't get along with my boss. He is with you wherever you go. I hate my classes. He is with you wherever you go. I would like to, I, we don't have enough money to pay our bills. He is with you wherever you go. My kid's not turning out the way I hoped. He is with you wherever you go. My parents are a piece of work. My, he is with you wherever you go. You know what that means in Hebrew? He is with you wherever you go. <laughs> I'm, and who have you heard that from before? Who's, who also said that? Those are the words of Jesus as well. This is a this story is historically a true story, but it's metaphorically a story of you. And that's Jesus saying, don't be, be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened or discouraged because I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Well, I think we can learn a lot from Joshua because I sometimes feel like my past disqualifies me. I failed when I tried before. Expectations are too large. Expectations are too high and task is too large. And God would say to any of you that feel any of that, be strong and courageous because I'm a sovereign God. Be strong and courageous because you have my word. 
Be strong and courageous because you are not alone. I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Just give me two more minutes and we're out of here. I know most of you probably already made your New Year's resolutions. Um, but, I'm, but most New Year's resolutions focus on weight or health and money. And those are fine. But I'd like you to think about your resolutions that have to do with your spiritual health and relationships. And so if you want, um, I have put envelopes and cards on all the tables outside of the sanctuary. And if you'd like to write down your thing, your most, listen to it real quick, let me tell you what to do. If you want to write down the things you're most afraid of this year, in your goals spiritually, in your goals relationally, and put it in the envelope, put it on the card and put it in the envelope, write your address on it, seal it, I'll send that to you in six months. And in six months, you can say, how did I do with my greatest fear? How did I do with the task? And by the way, if you're looking for something to do, if, to, commit to commit to your relationships this year, consider the marriage retreat. And my goodness, uh, you're, you're gonna get, if you're married, consider spending some time and energy and, and if you're only gonna do one thing to help your marriage this year, consider doing that because why wouldn't you be intentional about your spiritual life and about your relational life just like you are about your physical life and your financial life? So that's the task, that's the takeaway if you'd like don't have to do that if you don't want, but around every table around the outside of the church, I've got those cards. And fill those out. Six months from now, the church will mail that to you. No one, we won't open them and read them and go, boy, I tell you what, I can't, I can't believe that was their goal or that was their fear. We won't read them. We won't put them on, you know, we won't put them on public media or anything, but be aware of this. Be aware of this. Thank you for staying a little long with me. Be aware of this. Be strong and courageous, Christ's covenant. Be strong and courageous because you serve a sovereign God who will do what he said. Be strong and courageous because you have his word and as in his word you can find the hope and the truth and the way to live your life and be strong and courageous because he is with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Amen.